Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I'm speaking to well-known actor who's been in so many different things from Shortland Street to Outrageous Fortune to a place called Home. Uh, what else? King Kong, the world's fastest Indian. I could go on forever, but I will not. But don't. Greg. <laughs> Greg, oh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Thanks for... Thanks for you having look, me. You look really cheery, eh? Oh, I'm I'm pretty happy. Like uh, yeah. I, I I've got to say, you know, I'm yeah. Apart from the the obvious, you know, worldwide situation, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, because how's everything been on the work front in terms of COVID? Because I'd imagine that would really affect the creative arts industries. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Well, you know, I've been, my wife and I have been living in Australia the past 10 years and uh, we come back to New Zealand for, for work every year, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, we were, we were going to be going back to, to Australia at the start of the year uh, and that didn't, didn't happen um, due to COVID and, and have sort of stayed here, which has been wonderful. But the work has been a lot slower than, than usual. Um, and so we haven't really been going for any Australian stuff. Um, and th there's been a little bit of, bit of stuff here, um, but it's been a real sort of year of, I don't know, reflection, <laughs> I guess yeah, you that's say. probably <laughs> that's probably the right word. <laughs> yeah. Good time for it. Yeah. 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 So how do, you, how do you approach uh, the different work within the different cities? So if you're living in Sydney and you've got to come back to Auckland, or New Zealand, some part of New Zealand, do you try and find work before you come back or do you come back and then you're like, okay, now we'll start looking? Uh, well, it's been, I guess the, the, the last sort of 10 years has been um, basing in, a, in Sydney and, uh, and then when work and an audition will come up for, for back here and we'll you know, put that down. And if it comes about, then, you know, we come back come back for that work so so really it is yeah getting the work in the in the other region before before making making the trip but but we're always back here for for christmas and new years and because fam you know family's here so family and friends so we always come back at, at some point anyway but it's always nice if you get a job just leading up to and it's like aha okay cool well, it's a you know double duty as as uh as just in the says yeah yeah for sure yeah. Is it the intention for you to to both end up on the same project sometimes, or is that just a coincidence? <laughs> it's a it's a happy coincidence. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had we had it. We've had a pretty amazing run. Um, although we had a lot of years where we were really just you know different cities, different countries, certainly different jobs. Um, and then we went to Australia, and then there seemed to be a little run of jobs, um, and the, the biggest of which uh, was a place to call home and. Uh, uh, and that was that was amazing. You know, we we did six seasons of that show together, playing a couple. Um, so that was kind of just the, the 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 ultimate. But you know, we it's not. I always joke that it's a you know we have it in our contract that um, you know the other one's got to have a job in it as well. But but yeah, I mean, even last year, um, you know, Sass was doing Between Two Worlds, which was the same creator as Place to Go Home, and. Um, I managed to skive in there for a, you know, for a block, um, uh, which was kind of nice. And just to keep, just to keep that um, illusion going that we're always in the same jobs together, but, but no, it's been, it's been a real gift, um, but it doesn't happen all the time. And, and 
we actually we haven't worked together since since then. So um, so that's that's over a year. So it's about time, maybe <laughs> for another one. Because you did you did a place to call home for five was it five years? You guys worked on that. Uh, six. Yeah. Six. Six years. Yeah. That's that's a long yeah. time. Yeah. So, and it was sort of spread over uh, probably about more like seven coming up eight years. It was spread over um, because the first we did the first two seasons pretty much bang bang, and then and then Channel Seven dropped the show, uh, and then Foxtel picked it up and. Between season two and three, there was a there was a fair bit of time, and then there's the obvious bit of bit of time between each season when they don't know whether they're going to go again. So, so yeah, six six seasons over about seven seven or so years. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer working on a television series as opposed to a movie, or doesn't really matter to you? Um. Well, I, I mean, they offer they offer quite different um, different things. Uh, yeah. Well, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the certainly a TV show that you get to do numerous seasons of, um, there's always that benefit of a character that you, you really get to inhabit for a, a long period of time and get to play through numerous different, um, you know, situations and circumstances. So you end up with this real intimate knowledge of the character. Um, whereas in a movie, I, I guess it's more of a, it's a, there's a finite time. It's like, it's, it's, it's this many pages in the script and this is what happens. I guess almost more akin to a play where you've, you know, this is, this is the screenplay um, and you shoot for, you know, anywhere from God, I've shot a movie in 14 days um, to seven and a half months. You know, it's like, um, so time period, it's, yeah. I mean, they, they, they both offer different things time period wise, but I don't know. I, I love, I love movies. I, I love, uh, I just love the the way they're received, you know. Um, although they're being received differently now, but when you go into a cinema together with with a whole bunch of strangers and it's a dark room and it's sort of a a communal experience, um, I, I think there's something special about that. Um, but now, you know, there's a lot of movies being made for TV and you know screened in the way and people watching them in the way that they watch TV. So I think they've all sort of everything's kind of balanced out a little bit over the years, you know. Yeah, I suppose there's also the factor of with a television series, well, particularly with something like, say, A Place to Call Home, you know what your job is for forever how long it goes on for, right? You've got a stable yeah. income, I suppose, yeah. as opposed to finishing a movie and it's like, okay, now what? Yeah, no, well, this is true. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, our seasons, um, we, we, I think the most episodes we did in the season was 13 and that was took us about six six, six and a half months. So it's a decent chunk of time that you know you're working for. But the same as a movie, when you come out of that, you don't know. I mean, every season, we didn't know whether we are getting another season. I think there was only one year we knew Foxtel picked up and they, they wanted to do season three and four. Pretty much the option is for three and four, you know. So we knew we were doing two seasons. But other than that, you come out the end of it and you're like, all right, you know, back on back on the taxi rack. It's like, you know. Like, like, Are you ever sitting by the phone and being like, just waiting for the call? Waiting for it. No, I always put it over on the other side of the room so it doesn't look like I'm waiting for it. <laughs> you know. Or do you um, get Sarah to wait? Just wait by my phone, baby. I've got some things to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's that weird thing of, you know, you've got to try and, 
carry on with with life and and have some other interests that that um, I guess don't make you so desperate is probably <laughs> the word you know um, and and it's easier when you when you're working when you're working back to back or you've got jobs coming up and you know there's a relaxation that comes that tends to sort of perpetuate and, and ease that maybe helps you get other jobs. Um, so the interesting time is is when you haven't had for a job, I haven't had a job for a while, and you maybe feel a little bit desperate. You want something, but trying to sort of counteract that and and create that ease that um, you know nobody nobody likes to you know to, to be in a room with someone who's too needy, you know. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that is yeah. true. So it's an interesting. Um, an interesting dynamic. It's a it's a difficult one, you know. Because <laughs> if you're if you're desperate for a part and you go in for an audition, how would you keep yourself psychologically sound? You know, not let, I suppose, your thoughts or any anxiety mess up your audition. Um, well, I, I guess it's you know, there's different people. Different people have different coping mechanisms, and and sometimes they don't work. You know, sometimes it's like. Yeah, I I was too needy and there, I was too desperate for that one. I you know I I'd put too many hopes on that. Um, uh, I I find you know preparation is a is a big one for that. If you if mm. you if you're prepped enough and you're ready to go in the room and and just and, and build it in the room and and uh, and you can walk out of that audition and go, there's nothing more I could have done. Um, I left it all in the room, you know. If it's what they want, it's it's great. Uh, if it's not, it's that's still okay because I know that it's not because I didn't do what I needed to do. So I think preparation gives you a little bit of peace of mind in that in that regard, and you can sort of yeah walk out you know head held high, and you don't get the call. It's like okay, that's cool. But when you don't get the call and you haven't put the prep in, there's always that doubt of like ah did I not I didn't. I didn't do the work. I didn't do enough work. I didn't. I didn't prepare enough. I didn't, you know, make the right choices or whatever. So, mm. yeah. If you don't get a part, do they ever call you and give you some feedback at all, or um, generally just nothing? Well, ge- well, generally just nothing. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> if if, uh, <laughs> um, if it's just if it's the first audition, generally just nothing, because you know a lot of people would have gone for it. Yeah, for um, sure. And you know, that time of, you know, the casting director ringing all the agents and the agents ringing all the actors, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot, you know. Um, but generally if you're, you know, if you do an audition and then you get a, say, a callback or they're going to shortlist you or something like that, you get told or you do the callback and you don't get the role. Generally, I mean, you'll get told then, you know, whether you did or didn't get it. Because generally if you just do the audition and you don't hear, you kind of go, ah, probably didn't get that one, you know, <laughs> and there's a, there's a time period where you go, okay, that's probably not one I should be holding at any hope for, but, but after a callback or you've done numerous callbacks or you've been shortlisted, the, the general, there'll be a, a call to say didn't go your way or, or if you ask for specific feedback, they'll give it, but no, there's not generally feedback as such, you know, like you, you could have done this or you could have done that. It just, you know, doesn't really happen yeah how but, ma- but this is a time thing i guess you know yeah yeah of course of course do you yeah. is there any particular roles that you chase or do you just wait to hear from your agent who's like hey i've got this idea for you or this role for you 
Or would uh, you call, will you call your agent and be like, hey, I want a role in this film. <laughs> give me, give get me, a me part. the role. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, generally, you're, you know, the, your agent's fielding all the all of the all of the submissions and, um, you know, for projects. But, but you know, we're in an industry where it's a it's a pretty tight fraternity. So you 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 know you're talking to people and it's like, oh, that that project. Oh, I haven't had anything for that. And you call and, I mean, nine, nine times out of ten, the agents either submitted you and you haven't been right, or they're still waiting to hear. Um, there's only a few times where you'll call and they're like, oh, I'll chase that up because it didn't either one know about that or didn't think you'd be interested or whatever. But in terms of roles, I mean, I guess there's been a few that I've gone, I'd really like to be in this project, you know, mm. um, and is there anything? But as I say, there's, they're usually all over it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, you sometimes, something you go, I have to be in this, you know. But but generally that, that doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. This does segue into my next question, which is uh, the world's fastest Indian. Well, you got to work with Anthony Hopkins, yeah. the legend himself. How did, how did that yeah. come about? Um, well, that was, uh, I was, I was doing King Kong at the time. And I was in, in Wellington and I'd come up, I'd had, I think I had a week off or something and I, and I, I went out to Auckland and I uh, got an audition for it and it was a lovely Di Rowan who was, was casting and, uh, and I went in on it and I knew that the role had to be a motorcycle rider, um, which I am. And um, I was like, Hey, this is, you know, I knew it was Hopkins. I was like, this was like, you know, this is this would be all my Christmases come at once if this came about. Yeah, for sure. But I went in and did the audition, uh, and then I heard and I heard I got a call saying, "Okay, so Roger wants to know." Uh, it's Roger Donaldson wants to know. Um, there's a scene where you you'd be riding alongside um, a low loader with a car on it, doing doing the scene with 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 Hopkins. You know, and and would you be? Do you think you can do that? Like, we need to know that you can you know, the person who's going to be cast in that role can actually do that. And I said, yeah, I can, I can do that. That's no problem. Uh, and they've said, okay, cool. And then the, they got, I got offered the role, but I was, because I was doing Kong and it overlapped, um, I had to sort of log it with, with production and say, you know, is, am I able to do this? And I thought, I thought it was at the time when there was a gap for me, but in a movie the size of King Kong, it's just such a, it becomes, it was very organic, you know, and things changed a lot and things get moved and, uh, and it came down to where I, I didn't think that I actually be able to do it. And it actually came down to, I know that World's Fastest Indian had another option for that role up their sleeve. And it was a day we were shooting, uh, getting in the rowboat, going over to Skull Island and, and Peter put us in the, in the boat and I was sitting behind, um, uh, uh, Naomi, um, Watson and, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in this, like, and I have to be, I had, I had a plane, like, flight, I was already booked. booked, booked to go to Invercargill and um, and time's ticking away, 
<laughs> and I didn't. I seriously, it was. It was when I think about it now, it's the mo- it was the most frightening time <laughs> I've ever had because I was like, I might not be able to do this movie, you know, and uh, and so yeah, it came down to it. They sort of put me there, and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, Adrian sat, Adrian Brody sat down. I was like, I'm directly behind. I'm going to be in every angle, every shot, because you know they're the main focus, and I'm sitting right behind. Um, and I thought, well, that's that's kind of it. And there was, I think, we had two flights. There was the first flight I could get, and then there was the last flight, and then after that, I it was gone. And the first one came and went, and I was sort of knees knocking, just going, holy shit. And then, and then lovely, um, Cara Cunningham was the first AD, uh, Peter's first AD and her and Peter said, um, okay, you, you can go. And they just, and they, they let me go. And I, I ran out of there taking costume off. <laughs> and there was a production runner waiting and I just basically grabbed my shit, jumped in the car and, and, and went and shot that night. Um, uh, first scene that night outside the outside the hall, the bikes all coming up, and so yeah, it was you know thanks thanks to them and um, <laughs> giving giving a giving a young a desperate actor a chance to to go and live out his dream. So did did so they was, know specifically that that's what you were working on, or did they just know that it was a a project, quite um, an important project? No, I think I think they knew, but <clears throat> but you know they were, their their project is. It's quite an important project too, and oh, of course, of uh, course, and and, um, and I guess they knew what they were shooting, and it wasn't until we were actually in the scene that they and they shot stuff would be in the scene, but then I think they they found a way to um, to basically you know be able to jettison me out of there, and um, so you know forever, forever grateful for that um, because yeah, that just yeah it was a dream come true to be able to go down and 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 play with uh, Sir Tony. Because how many how many days work was it? Uh, on uh, world's on, fastest Indian. Yeah, world's fastest Indian. Uh, I can't remember now how how, how I, I mean I ended up going down. I think three times uh, in the period, um, and it was generally like sort of two or three days at a time. Um, yeah, yeah. So probably all up, it wasn't it wasn't heaps. It was probably maybe ten days. All, all up, um, but that first one was important. And actually, in, in the end, uh, uh, there was a huge period that I, I wasn't there for, for Kong, and, and it was that was fine. But it was just that first that first shoot shoot night was um, was the sticking point. But yeah, did you actually get to sit down and have a decent chat with Anthony Hopkins, or was it one of um, those part uh, type of? type of ones where you know you don't really get to talk to the main actor or he's no, standoffish he, no he was he was incredibly generous like um you know i remember the first time meeting him uh i was in the makeup chair and and <laughs> hair blow dried into that 50s kind of you know style <laughs> and he just he walked on the bus and um uh and he just he introduced himself he said you must be craig um you're playing Blah, 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 and let's do you want to run the scene and uh, i was like uh yeah okay um and so while the hair dryer's going in my ear sort of running the scene and he and he gave he gave some you know some advice on the scene and um and then that was it and and uh and the next time i saw him 
It was he was very nice. He would just he would chat at different times. Like he he would just you'd be making a cup of tea at the unit table, and he'd just sort of walk up beside you and make a cup of tea, and then just launch into some something, you know. And 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 it was it's like oh okay cool yeah and little chat, and then he'd be off. And but he he made himself very available for people, and uh, and I think he was, you know, the the gift that he gave certainly the actors that that played opposite him was. Uh, a real spontaneity and he would you know he would rehearse the scene a certain way and then when it was on you was on your shot he would um he'd throw something new and just to just to make sure you were there and and really can you give me an example life. um uh i think i had i had, for, for me personally I, there's there, this sprinkled throughout the film and there's there's a great one that happens when he's uh testing the bike uh when he goes to america and the cop pulls him up yeah uh, and i think the cop uh, says to him, do you know how fast you were going? And I think he's supposed to say no. And the cop tells him, uh, and he said, oh, you, know, do you know, how fast it was going. And he, go, and he gives him the speed and you see the cop sort of, uh, and it kind of, he just readjusts and it's a beautiful moment, but it's because he, you know, and for me, it was a scene uh, after I'd beaten him on the, the race on, on um, Areti beach. Uh, he, uh, I give him the money through the window and I, I give it to him. I say, "Oh, some, some beer money." And uh, and all through the rehearsals, it was, uh, it was, you know, "Thank you, mate." Blah blah blah. You know, and he, and he just said, "I don't drink," <laughs> <laughs> which he doesn't. He's a, you know, uh, and so it was just a, you know, but it's a great because those little recalibrations, uh, um, uh, you know, what creates that that aliveness and that those spontaneous moments that wouldn't wouldn't. Um, wouldn't be so if, if, if not for, you know, those moments, but yeah, no, he was, he was amazing. He was, he was beautiful. And he, uh, yeah, he said, he said some, said some lovely things to, you know, uh, I know he said, he said something very lovely about me to another actor and they passed it on and I was, yeah, very, yeah. Uh, I think everyone was pretty enamored with him and he was, he was very generous. So, yeah. Yeah. So are you more of a spontaneous type of person or, you like to recite everything. So I, I do you like to ad lib much or are you uh, like, I have to stick to the script. Otherwise no, it doesn't well, work for me. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. Cause it's, sometimes it's dependent on uh, the, the, the tone of the piece. Like, you know, do you get the, do you get the feeling that that's going to be okay? And maybe that's something you have to discuss with a director beforehand. But for me, I like, I like to prepare inside out, backside forward, you know, and, um, so when you get in those moments when there might be pressure, you know, it's, it doesn't go flying out, out, out the window, but, but in saying that, that preparation is so that I can be free. And, um, and so when those moments come, you can roll with it. And I love those moments. I love when there's a mistake and, and you, and you, and you, and you have to acknowledge it cause it's, it's happened and, and you find a way through. And, and generally those are the moments on screen, at least that, that are forever remembered, you know, um, uh, and, and the audience just reads it as that's, that's part of what the scene was. But for the actor, it was just a moment where all of a sudden it wasn't on rails. It was, it was off somewhere else, you know, and cause you're trying to, you know, you're trying to hear everything for the first time and, and you know, there's a lot of reverse engineering with acting cause you, you know what you're going to say. Yeah. You cause you, cause you've got to make it sound organic. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So those moments when, when it absolutely is, is a, is a, is a true gift, you know, and if you can embrace it, then it's, yeah, you know, 
it's the best. Do you ever do, say, a scene, and then you go back and look on the monitor, and you're like, oh, that was terrible. But at the time, you thought you were amazing? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, the thing is you don't often get, there's only been a few jobs where that's been uh, allowed, you know, like you'd, uh, I don't think as a rule directors like actors or after the scene coming up and watching, oh, yeah, watching, of course. The, watching playback. I mean, there was, I remember there was a couple of, I remember doing the strip um, and TV show back in sort of 2000, 2001 and, and uh, there's a lovely uh, continuity person who, who would say, do you want to see that? You know, I'd be like, yeah. And because it was a sort of comic stuff, it was really good. Okay. I could uh, sort of manage to sort of watch it and go, oh, that wasn't funny. Okay. Oh, it needs to be, it needs to be that. And then you, so when you went for another take, you knew. So it was a great learning, learning process, you know, learning sort of thing. But I think if I did it all the time, I might get in my own way, you know. I, I, it's it's not for me to be the out, outside eye. It's that's the director's job, and I need to trust them that that when they say they've got it, that they've got it, and I should just be that moment to moment spontaneous thing with the other person, mm. and then you and then you you finished, and they're they're like, yep, I'm happy, moving on, and you hope that they're moving on because they've got it, and not because you know they're hard up against <laughs> the schedule. <laughs> But that's that's just the that's just the job, really. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you don't want to overanalyze because then you hinder your own ability, and you're not caught up in the moment that you need to be. I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that's you don't want to be intellectualizing it in in the scene and or watching yourself in the scene. And I think that's 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 where acting becomes the 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 art. You know, the the craft, all of the intellectual stuff, and the craft comes before. You know, you do the work, you do the character character work, and and you look at um, you look at all the all the possible ways. You know, the, the the choices that you can make, and intentions, and and actions, and obstacles, and all all the all that good stuff. But then, all that preparation is just should be behind you when you walk on, and you you need to be, I guess, a, a sort of you need to be open and and in your body and and reacting. Um, as instinctually as you can in the moment and all that preparation will come, will come through and those choices will be there. But, uh, but that's the art, art part of it. So if you're in your head in that period, yeah, it's, it's, it's when you start thinking like, you know, you've made some sort of gesture and then you realize your hand's still out there and you start thinking about your hand and then you're like, Oh, that's uh, my hand shouldn't still be there. But if I bring it in, is that weird? Okay. Like, you know, <laughs> there's all that weird stuff that happens, you know? And so yeah, you best to, best to really just chop the head off and yeah yeah but i'm sure the director would tell you they'd be like, oh hey uh your hand probably don't need to yeah. keep it out for that the long hand yeah. thing just yeah could you just like put your hand in your pocket yeah <laughs> uh yeah but did would you ever do ad-libbing with sarah when say you're doing a scene or as a joke you might try and throw her off like with some you'd go off script uh you yeah, do that? Uh, yeah well in a place to go home, like I mean, the the creator of the show, Bevan, you know, he he you know poured over that over those scripts, and we there was a, there was definitely um, a sense of say the words on the page, you know, mm. um, and especially being in a period period piece to ad lib and still be sort of in that vernacular, 
is quite difficult. I mean, we, we would do it every so often. And there's other gigs where, yeah, man, I like, you know, I change something and throw something in and, and really just to mind my language, fuck with the other actor, you know, just, yeah. you know, just try and throw them off or, and, or crack or corpse them, you know, like trying to see another actor up is, is probably the single most fun thing you can do on set, you know, especially <laughs> <laughs> when it's there close up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine. Because that's, I think that's that it's also the, it's the play, you know, it's the, the complicity and you sort of see it in the other person's eye. It's like, don't, don't fuck with me now. Don't fuck with me now. <laughs> and you can see it and you're playing and you're, and there's, there's, a, it creates another dynamic, another level that just adds, adds to what you're doing. If, I mean, sometimes it can be distracting for people or it might not be quite right, but, but I think if you can get that sense of play, cause that's what we're doing. We're playing, you know, it should be play. Um, otherwise it's, it's not fun and, and it's the fun and that, that creates the, the dynamic I think even in the tragic stuff you know yeah yeah so. for sure and I suppose the director plays a big part in that as well do you meet oh, the director absolutely. and be like okay uh, might dial it back on any ad-libbing like say with Taika Waititi right he's known as the ad-libbing guy so yeah. I imagine when you worked with him yeah uh, you could yeah. do that yeah, he, well, he was great because, you know, um, I mean, his direction is, is always so good and playful and challenging. Um, but in between takes, you know, if you were messing around with another actor or jamming something up, it was almost like you always had an ear on what was happening around. And I know a few times, like on Eagle versus Shark, I remember a couple of times him, you know, coming up and going, what, what were you guys talking about? It's like, oh, we're just talking about this. He's like, oh. Do you want to try like putting that in at the top of the scene? It's like, yeah, sure, okay, you know. Um, so it's it's really organic, and he's, you know, I think he has a, a real uh, ability to kind of, you know, the the, the observation that, that that he has uh, his observation ability to make things really real uh, is is amazing, and I think it's yeah, it's part of that being being open to new stuff and and yeah so you i guess he gives you permission to do that for sure yeah yeah and what was what was your experience like working with peter jackson on both lord of the rings and king kong was that the very uh, first big blockbuster that you really worked on uh lord of the rings yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and that was only i think i did like three days and i don't even think i think i end up featuring so you know minutely um but that was yeah that was that would have been the biggest biggest one definitely um was uh, that early and, on though was that before any of the films had been released because you know how there were pickups later on yeah it was joel, pickups was, it was yeah because i know with joel like when he was on i think mm -hmm. the first film had already been released so when you did your scenes had one of the films or two of the films been released or uh, i'm just trying to remember it was it was pickups it was pickups for Return of the King. Right. Okay. Uh, so you, were you somewhat aware of how big Lord of the Rings had already become? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not uh, much pressure then. Not much pressure. <laughs> yeah. And, and the scene that it had was with, um, you know, Sir Ian McCullen and, and, you know, you sort of turn up and there was, there was three actors there. Um, and we went on set and, you know, Sir Ian knew what he was going to be saying. He had, he had his dialogue, but our dialogue was being written um, by Peter and Fran over, over in the corner. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And they printed out like three things and they came up to us and sort of looked between the three of us and went, 
uh, you, you do that one, uh, and you do that one, you do that one. And so, and then you're going to go into rehearsal and, and you're with Ian McCallan and you've just got this sort of, got the sides. And so it was, it was hugely challenging, but, um, but it's, I, I, I like those, I like those things. I like the, I like when there's those challenges, you know, and, and, and Peter's amazing, you know, I found on later on Kong that he was, you know, he considers everything, you know, and so when you ask a question, it's like, his mind is, you know, over everything. And so he can really process that question and just, and you know, the answer you're getting is, is, um, is, is well considered. And, and, uh, but yeah, like, oh man, it's, uh, yeah, those, those big ones are, are kind of interesting, you know, because there's so much around. You feel like such a, well, I did at least. I mean, obviously the, the bigger players, they're more, a lot more instrumental in the film, but you know, you feel it's such a small cog, and it's like, just, I just don't want to fuck this up. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't don't screw it up. Just okay, like just concentrate and we'll just be here now, and you know, and do it. Yeah. Because I think with those type of productions, even to go over schedule by one day costs millions. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Cra crazy, crazy amounts. Yeah. 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 Because usually, uh, I would imagine if you're an actor and then say you stuff up a scene a couple of times, you become self-aware and that makes you stuff it up even more? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get that moment. You get that, that here comes that moment. Here comes that bit that I've, you know, and it's like, but that's, that, that's also going back to that thing of, of trying to just stay out of, out of the brain when, you, when you're working, you know, and, and, and trust that, that there is, you know, you've learned the lines and trust that there's, there's something else will take over and and if you just listen i mean listening is such a big is, is is kind of everything with acting you know if you're if you're truly listening um everything will be okay generally you know um but as you say it is difficult when if you've screwed up and you're coming to that moment in the scene it's, it's hard not to have that little flash of like here it comes all right here it comes here it comes don't don't fuck it up don't fuck it up but, uh, yeah <laughs> Now, have you have you done anything in Avatar? It seems like every actor I talk to has been in Avatar or done something to do with Avatar with James Cameron. No, I, I don't look good blue, apparently. So, uh, yeah, no. No, um, no, I haven't. I haven't done anything in Avatar. Have no. you met him? Have you met James Cameron at all? No. No, and he hasn't met me either. So, um, Well, it's about time that happens, right? <laughs> well, he, hey, maybe Call up your this agent. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Call up your agent. Be like, hey. This needs agent. to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I haven't. I, I, I mean, I absolutely adore that that film. Holy shit, that's incredible. I'm stoked that they're they're doing more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a he's a big advocate for New Zealand and New Zealand film as well. I mean, I know there's quite a lot of New Zealand actors that are on that production. Obviously, actors and cast and crew as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a big admiration for the film industry here. Oh, that's good. Well, hopefully sticks around. Yeah, because Joel was saying that in America, because you've got a union system, people don't really help with each other. Like an actor won't help the makeup lady. And, uh, you know, because if something happens, there's some type of injury, then they're not claimed by insurance. Whereas yeah, here, yeah. everyone kind of helps each other. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. Um... I, mean, I haven't worked. I mean, we've worked in, on American projects, but never worked in America. Um, so I've only ever experienced what it's like here. And you know, when the when the chips are down, everyone sort of 
we'll, we'll, we'll put a hand in. But I mean, I understand, you know, when things are so heavily unionized that uh, if you step over that mark, you know, it's not in your job description, and it's you're not insured for that or whatever, then it's, it causes, you know, sort of domino effect problems. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Is there a big difference between, say, New Zealand crews and Australian crews? Not really. Not no, really. It's exactly the same. It's just different it's, accent. It's, it's pretty, yeah, just different accent. I mean, we we made some we made some really really tight mates over there. You know, like uh, the, the crew on Place School Home. You know, we for six seasons there wasn't heaps of major changes. You know, obviously, um, you know, crew come and go when there's other jobs, and sometimes they're not available to come back or whatnot. But for the most part, we had this. We had pretty much this you know the same same crew and so when you do sort of you know them for six seven years and you're you know in the in the trenches with them it's uh that you know i think i think we're we're of the same of the same ilk you know um you know there's no there's no blowing smoke there's just it's just do your job have a good time and um work you know work hard and and hopefully you know you're all channeling towards the same the same thing yeah. How long? How long did it take you to nail the Australian accent? Well, you say nail. Uh, I'm not sure whether. Well, it's <laughs> funny because uh, when I first went there, the first uh, the first job I ever did in Australia was back in maybe 2007 or eight, and it was a job uh, up in Byron Bay, and I I did the read through with the Australian accent, and and the producer came up and said, oh. Maybe it, it doesn't have to be Australian. Maybe you just play him as a Kiwi. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I think that was possibly because my Australian accent wasn't particularly great. Um, and but he so, was trying to be nice. And was yeah, <laughs> they were trying to be nice. But uh, and then the next job I did was Underbelly Razor, and I played a Scotsman. So it was a Scottish accent. And then, but then the next next few jobs were were were, were Australian. I, and I really, but by that time I'd been in the country for a while, and I think my ear was ear was tuned in. Um, but it's a funny thing. Every time I'd if I'd come back here for any period of time and go back over, I'd get mates comment on the fact that I'd come back with a with a Kiwi accent, and then it would take that that period of time again to tune the ear in and and go with it. And by the time a place to go home came around. Um, I think my ear was tuned in, and I and I never tried to put on the accent. I just tried to take away the the sounds that 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 made me sound like a Kiwi, you know. So I, I never thought of myself as putting on the accent. Um, but probably the strongest accent I did, you know, Australian would have been the last job. Uh, well, not the last job, the Halifax. Um, I guess yeah, Halifax and um, Between Two Worlds. I I sort of laid it on a little bit, a little bit thicker, you know. Mm. Um, but ask me to do it now, and uh, it would be a it would not be a particularly strong version of because I've been here for almost a year now, and uh, I know that if I went back to Australia and, and spoke to my mates there, I'd be I'd be getting some shit, you know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how a lot of Kiwis take the piss out of the Aussie accent, and they do the same with us for comical effect. Yeah. So is it is it hard for you to do the accent and not try and make it comical? Like once you go over, I mean, acting, acting stuff aside. Acting aside. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, generally, if you, well, generally if I'm doing the Australian accent and it's not for a job, I am trying to take the piss, you know? Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, you kind of go into that real. But the funny thing is, as as over the top as I would try to go in those situations, I've got mates there who who sound like that and more, and that's just their accent, you know. And you go, wow, that's I could never do that. I could never do that accent. That's just. It would always, even if it sounded okay, it would, I'd always feel like I was going OTT, you know. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, pretty, full, pretty full on in some places, you know. But I'd imagine because if you're practicing an accent for so long or you're around an accent for so long, subconsciously I'd imagine you pick up aspects of it and you could just be speaking normally and then you kind of get like a bit of Tourette's or something where a, a version <laughs> of it comes out sometimes. Like could you be talking to Sarah – and then she uh, is talking. Then all of a sudden, you know, she goes into like a little Aussie twang. Yeah, I mean that, ha- so, that happens. Yeah, for sure, that happens. Um, it happens with me. Yeah, because my partner's yeah. Indian, so sometimes ah, right. I go into a little Indian Tourette's. I call yeah, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, where did that come from? Well, I guess you know, because we're listening to those sounds, and like, you know, you have those. They just they infiltrate. Probably not right, but but by osmosis, they kind of just get in and subconsciously, you know, make, make their way through and sort of, I mean, I, I, my, my parents are, um, are Scottish, you know, from, from Glasgow. And, and so, and I've, I've worked in the, in the accent a, a fair bit, you know, in film and TV and on stage and stuff. And that kind of came naturally in some ways because I spent 46 years listening to it, you know? <laughs> so yeah. those, so those sounds are kind of, and, but I know that, you know, back at school, like early in school, um, you know, teachers used to get me to uh, get up and, and read things. And I thought I was getting picked on because it was just, it happened all the time. And I thought I was getting things wrong. And my parents spoke to the teacher and she said, no, that's, I, just, I just love his accent, you know, and he was, he'll, say, he'll say words slightly differently. And, and I guess, you know, I wasn't trying to do an accent at that age. It was just, you, that's what you hear. And it just becomes, that becomes your vernacular, you know. That's an interesting one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I imagine it is. Is there any mm. accents that you haven't mastered yet that you want to? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Well, it's, it's weird because, you know, like, you know, as, as actors, we sh- I guess we should be really sort of practicing accents day in, day out. But what tends to happen is life. And then, and then you know, you get an audition come up and you're like, oh, God, okay, it's south african or it's australian or it's american or it's british or it's some sort of regional british accent and and then you'd like oh shit for that week or few days that you've got to prepare you're madly sort of listening to things and trying to trying to get your mouth around it so it's usually the sprint when it comes to accents you know unless of course you get a job that you know is in that accent then you can just you can really work it and once once those those grooves get get well oiled you you can sort of generally get in there but but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, because I mean, particularly if you've got such a short time frame t- for an audition. Let's say, for example, your agent calls you and be like, "Hey, there's a part for a South African tomorrow," and you're like, "Oh crap, okay." So you've got to try and master a South African accent in a day. I mean, you can't just really call yeah. a dialogue coach and be like, "Hey." So would you just have yeah. to go on YouTube and watch a whole bunch of people? Speaking no, South African, I think I'm busy that day. <laughs> that's probably yeah. No, I, 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 you know what? I yes, I would do. That's exactly what I'd do. I'd just like yeah, I'd go on YouTube and just just be like fuck it, 
but just listen, what I'm going to do. Yeah, and just yep. listen and, and try and get the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's all yeah. about the vowel sounds, isn't it? That's what you've really, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Well, the weird thing is, you know, I've watched numerous films where you get really big, accomplished actors doing accents, not particularly well, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And it, and it kind of gets it kind of gets bought you know they become consistent within a certain sound that isn't quite right but but you sort of forgive it after a bit and it's sort of you go okay they're being cons- they're not throwing me out they're not all over the place they're just they're kind of consistent it's it's kind of consistently wrong but it's consistent mm-hmm. and um and you kind of buy it you know but the weird thing is is that you know where you're at a level where uh, you know, people aren't going, oh my God, you're Philip Seymour Hoffman or you're, you know, whoever. Yeah. They, they're going, oh, we're going to test this guy, you know, okay, what's, no, his accent's not quite right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, that's what I imagine sort of happens. Like if they know that it's a Kiwi doing an American accent, they're probably going to be listening a little harder, you know, for the accent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it pays you definitely. There's a few key ones that you should really be all over at any given point, you know. Such um, as? Well, certainly American. You're sort of standard American. Yeah. Um, um, and Australian, more and more, like, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between here and Australia. And then, um, you know, um, some couple of British, you know, maybe, a, um, you know, sort of a, you know, you when you I guess an RP and a and a and a and a, a regional or a couple of regional British accents and you know and then if you can do your South African, which is particularly I find particularly difficult, um, mm. you know, anything that you could be considered for look wise, you know what I mean. I think you yeah, should yeah. probably probably try and be on top of, but um, but yeah, once again, it's like man, you 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 know you try and do some physical work, you do some vocal work and then do some script work and then you want to do some, you know, I guess that's, that's just, yeah, it should be on a, I guess on a Rolodex, just going through those things. And, but yeah, don't always keep up with that stuff as much as, as much as you should, as I speak in person as much as I should, but uh, yeah. Wow. Maybe, so maybe I'm inspired. Life. Maybe I'm inspired now to. <laughs> <laughs> well, life, eh? That's just what happens. Yeah, Absolutely. So if you get a, let's say you get a part and, okay, we'll use Avatar. Okay, we'll, we'll use that as an example. And and you had to go to Wellington for six months. And obviously you're based out of Sydney or Auckland or wherever. And so does the, does the company, the film company subsidize any cost in terms of your living expense when you're down there? Or do you have to find your own rental and just stay there for six months? Is that how uh, it works? No, that means something, certainly something of that size. You know, they would, they would pay for airfares and accommodation and... Really? For a long, for that long period of time? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and oh, your, wow. and your, um, yeah, your, uh, you know, per diems. Um, so for expenses, you know, meals that you might be buying that aren't provided by them. Um, yeah, no, all of those things, all those things are looked after. Um, so that's, you know, when you get jobs like that, I remember on, on Kong, um, being down and had that, they, they put me in a lovely little, uh, house and, and, and break a bay for, I think it was probably five or six months, you know, um, and a rental car 
And then they were incredibly generous and, and, you know, you go in and, you know, you had a trailer, like a big ass trailer. <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. And almost every day there'd be a, a it's like a gift basket with food or some, sometimes there might be an iPod in there or there'd be like, it's pretty crazy. Those budgets, you know, and they do that um, for every actor. They, yeah. I mean, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, on that, I, guess, I mean, obviously yeah. the big, big actors would get even yeah, like, luxurious stuff, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're being cast as and it's a as a character, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll do that. Whereas you know you, but then but then local productions that are you know um, low budget local productions, you know, I've been you know very fortunate with uh, come back most years to do either one of the t you know the tally features. Um, sort of a, you know, true New Zealand story, tally features, come back and do one of those. And last year doing a series and, uh, and they know that, you know, you're Sydney based, we don't have accommodation in Auckland. So that they'll generally, uh, you know, um, for the most part, accommodate if you don't have a car, rent, rental car. And um, so, you know, it's, yeah, when you, I think it's, it's an interesting thing. And that's part of it when you're, you know, when you audition for something, sometimes they'll go, you know, you need to be Auckland based or you need to be blah, 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 um, because the budget might not be in the budget to do that sort of thing. But I've been fairly um, fortunate, uh, you know, since since living in, in Sydney to, you know, all the all the shows that, that have come back to do, there's, there's been that. Because um, otherwise, you know, because then you actually got to start thinking, okay, if I come back, come back for that period and I've got to, rent or find a place short term and get a car and do airfares and that so that you start to you go oh it kind of doesn't maybe add up <laughs> you know the yeah, remuneration yeah. doesn't maybe add up and it's like oh so it's nice when that's taken out of your hands because generally i just i, I love to work you know i love to it doesn't it doesn't it's not always it's not always about the the money it's it's actually generally it's only one of the factors you know and there's it's a good couple of other factors and only needs to be probably two out of maybe three of those factors to want to do a project. Um, but yeah, when you get looked after in that way, and it takes all those stresses out so you can just focus on the job, but that definitely makes it a lot, a lot easier to, uh, to throw yourself in. But I'd imagine in those situations, you must have some connections or something. Surely. I mean, you've been in the game a long time now, so you must know a lot of people. You can hook you up, you know. Hook me up, like yeah. like accommodation wise, or yeah, hook you yeah. up with accommodation or a car temporarily or something yeah. like that. I mean, so, I mean, there's some things that I like at the moment when the, there's, there's some jobs that you know have been working on and about to work on. Where, as I'm in Pawanui, so the day to day is you know it, it's I'll have to go and you know sort of accommodate out of Auckland, but I'll I do that. I have mates and I'll, I'll go and the spare room or a sleep out or a, or a whatnot, you know, do that sort of thing. And, but, you know, sort of arrange a car, sort of borrowing a car between Sass and I. So we kind of make it work in those well, make, ways for yeah, those well, productions, you know, it makes sense to do it that way, particularly in Auckland, obviously because of traffic and things of that yeah. nature, which robs you of a lot of time. So if you yeah. can stay with someone, then yeah, makes it, because, makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, because if you're driving, it's mentally draining, I'm sure. And then you yeah. probably get to sit and you're like, oh. Yeah, done. Yeah. Although, although I really do enjoy the car time, like I love, 
you know, obviously not when it's two and a half hours, but, but you know, if it's an hour driving, I, I kind of love getting in quite often. I have my lines on, I've got it on, a, on, a, on an app on my phone and uh, put them into the, into the, you know, the car stereo and listen to those and, you know, or I'll do a vocal warm up or I'll just sing or do what it, you know, just get things going. So when you arrive, you're like, okay, vocally I'm, I'm, I'm warmed up. I'm there. I've thought about the scene of, you know, so that car time can be quite precious, but yeah, but as you say, not, not when it's, not when it's two hours of like sitting in traffic. That's like that. Nah. Well, I'm going over your lines for two hours. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we get I'm very done. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because how good's your memory? Do you have a good memory? Uh, uh, y- yes. Well, for lines, yeah. And, but it's funny. Like if you if you're doing it all the time, the memory gets super sharp. If you if you're not if you're not doing it, um, it's it's amazing how that that sort of that muscle sort of atrophies. But um, but generally, yeah, although I find, I think my short-term uh, memory is, is, you know, in that period where you're learning, learning a lot is, is, is really great. It's amazing. But then sometimes other things <laughs> just, just go. It's like, it's like, no, you've used up all your space. Uh, we're not, we're not going to keep that. We're just going to, yeah, we're just going to put that, throw that back there in the filing cabinet somewhere. Um, but generally, yeah, like especially if you're doing a, a play or something, uh, because that's a lot of learning, you know. Especially if it's a it's a two hander and it's a it's an it's an eighty minute or ninety minute piece, and you just bang, 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 and you've got pages and pages and pages and pages of dialogue and monologue, and you know, um, that's just that's just that's drilling. But your memory gets so good in those periods because you you've just you're just doing it, you just you're just working it. You know, I think everyone has that capacity. It's just if you're not, if you're not working it, because it's funny how, how often you come out of a play and you'll hear, um, hear a punter say, um, I don't know how they remember all those lines, you know. And it's like, well, that's kind of 101. That's kind of just if you don't, then you can't really do it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, every, sure. but everyone, everyone can do that. It's just, it's just actors, that's, that's such a big part of their job that generally that, their memory does get really good for that stuff, you know. Um, because you can't do anything unless you've got, got it in, you know, and you can't, you don't want to be searching for it. It needs to be in on a level that's, you know, uh, on more of a body level. So that, and that's just, that's just repetition and doing it. And, and, um, so yeah, it's funny when you hear that, it's like, I don't know. Oh my God, they're doing a, what an amazing job. How do they remember all those lines? <laughs> A lot of fucking hard work. Yeah, I imagine. But <laughs> I'd imagine sitting, there'd, be, you know. there'd be some directors that, you know, that on the day they might change the scene or come at you with new lines. Be like, hey, uh, here, here's a new script that you have to memorize in 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're and, like, holy crap, how am I going to do this? Or are you like, oh, no, I got this. Well, that's a, it's an interesting mind game because um, sometimes you get that and – that might happen in an audition and, or it might happen on set. Now on sets kind of like, generally they're not going to give you, you know, like a play worth of stuff. They'll, they'll, of course, it'll, be yeah. a, it'll be a scene, but, but it could be a, you know, three minute scene or a four minute scene, which is a long time. And sometimes the, the sometimes the big changes are easier. Sometimes if it's just little changes, um, that's just words around different ways. That's, 
that can be hard or if it's a repetition of something it's like wait i've already said that that's that can be difficult but i find in the times when i've actually just gone i haven't got time to think that i can't do it i'll just do it uh, I, I've, and it's, I've had that happen to me numerous times you know it's like something that's i remember on um in dark places there was a piece that was to camera and it was uh it was going to be verbatim of a of a piece that had already been done to camera by the character I was playing in the documentary. But they wanted to change it a bit and there was a few legal things and so they were right down to the wire working out what it was. And then they wanted to go and shoot the scene I'd, and, I, and I said, well, I, I just need a bit of time. It was a good chunk of dialogue and I had nowhere else to look. It was just, you had to deliver it, you know, straight down the barrel. And, and so I just sort of walked around the car park and just I never thought to myself I couldn't do it. It was just, I just need to spend this time doing it and getting it in. And yeah, you can do it. It's, it's, it's amazing. The mind's pretty amazing and you, your retention can be, you know, everyone's retention can be really good if you just, I guess, put your mind to it. It's, it's there. And, and sometimes the pressure thing, I remember one scenario um, is doing some motion capture uh, and it was pickups for, uh, for Tintin, and uh, it, it was for, it was for a couple of characters that Daniel Craig had played, and he couldn't. He was off shooting a, a film, and and so they needed some uh, extra ac um, action stuff and some, you know. So we we were doing this doing this stuff, and uh, and got given dialogue, and the shot was like right on me, and it was facial recognition stuff. So they were doing performance recognition, um, and. Steven Spielberg is directing and he's mm. on the screen and he's like, and he's, and I've just got it. And it's like, and go, and he's firing all this direction at me. And it was that moment where I went, Oh my God, this is, this is one of those moments where you could quite possibly melt down, you know, just the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just the pressure of like memory and, and, and doing the job well in front of someone that's a, you know, you, it's a legend. Kind of, as a legend and this is your, you know, this is your, this is your one, this is my one, this is my one opportunity, you know, this is my chance. This is my, you know, and you know, given like even half an hour to learn that you would come with something more than what you're possibly going to give then, but you haven't got that. So you've just got to kind of ante up and in some ways, some weird way, I, I kind of like those moments, you know, I don't know if it's sadistic or, <laughs> or something, but <laughs> but those moments are kind of cool, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay, here we go. And yeah, yeah, there's there's a there's every chance that you might completely fuck it, but but you just sort of go for it, you know. And, and go for broke. Go for broke, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that your first time doing motion motion capture though, and green screen stuff? Uh, first time doing motion capture. I've done green screen stuff before, but the but the motion capture stuff is amazing um you know in the, in the volume uh, if you've ever seen the, the motion yeah, I've capture seen, volume i've and, seen behind the scenes and they have the head rig and and all that stuff and the all the little dots yeah yeah, yeah. so you're yeah and they sort of you know sort of tee you into into these characters and and then you're watching you know you're essentially your avatar like on the on the screen and you're sort of watching the screen and you're moving and you're seeing the character moves so you're seeing the actual character i mean you're just in the dots and the, the facial recognition cameras and all the dots on your face and whatnot and but you're seeing the character and you can sort of see how they move it's, it's pretty cool yeah but there's, there's just nothing there like you just <laughs> but, but then you're seeing that then you've got someone on a camera who's 
cruising around filming and but then what what you're seeing on the screen is this this motion built sort of you know uh environment that you're that you're that you're working in on the screen but in here this is nothing and it's it's quite bizarre it's cool it's really cool do you find that harder motion capture as opposed to green screen or is green screen harder than motion capture just uh, to try and get into the zone uh, um well the, the, the in terms of motion capture that's the only motion capture that i've ever done um the green screen stuff i remember doing you know, well, Hong Kong, there was a lot of green screen stuff, but uh, it's the green screen stuff where you're reacting to something that's... It's like know, a ball or something, isn't it? Like, yeah, and if yeah. you're reacting to a monster or something and and, uh, and, and generally the directors, sort of, you know, could be talking you through the sort of the beats of that, that scene and what the, the monster slash whatever is, is doing at that point and, you know... Um, it must be so hard. Well, it... It's weird. It's because you just kind of do it, and then you realise how stupid, how silly you probably looked, you know, later on. But, but I remember there's this. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's this uh, sort of mock audition um, on YouTube called Fiery Hawk. Okay. If you ever get a chance, you should check it out. But yeah, I'll check it out after this. It's basically just it's 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 kind of sending up all of those auditions where you go in and and the director just talks you through the most sort of weird and fantastical uh, scenarios in which you've got to react, but they take it to the, they take it to this point where it's, it's ridiculous. You'll see it. It's ridiculous. So now whenever that stuff happens, I'm just thinking fiery Hawk, you know, <laughs> so, which I shouldn't, but, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult. Are you aware of that new technology that's out now virtual sets? Do you know how that works? So they, they pioneered it on the Mandalorian, so basically, okay. instead of having green screen, they have an actual uh, set, a virtual set that they can control with the camera. And oh, okay. So if the camera is moving, then the set moves with the camera. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they pioneered it for the Mandalorian Star Wars series. So I'd imagine as time goes on, that'll be implemented more uh, within typical television series or film that incorporates green screen, which will probably yeah. make it easier for the actors because then you can actually see what's behind you. Yeah. 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 You can work off something. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I just try to think there was, what was that movie with, um, sort of Sylvester Stallone and, and, um, who was it? Uh, I'm just trying to think who it was. Anyway, it's good. There's my memory. There's my long-term memory. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Was it Judge Dredd, maybe? Back in the day, and they had like virtual, virtual sex. Anyway, a long time ago. Probably yeah. not as, as up to date as what you're talking about. But uh, Well, our technology go. evolves very fast. So yeah, yeah. things five years ago are out of date. But um, yeah, true. It's a good place to wrap up. Thank yeah. you so much for doing this. Very oh. much appreciate it. Do you have oh, any social you. media that um, people can follow you on? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram. Um, Instagram's the one. Craig Allen Hall, Instagram. Yeah. Cool. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I haven't done, I've never been on Facebook. Um, it's probably a good thing, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, guess, I guess it is now, like just for the, for the whole period of time where people were using it and I wasn't on it. It was like, you know, uh, there was people getting invites to parties and whatnot. And it's like, Oh, you're not on Facebook. It's like, no, no, but I have a phone number. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. Know. You heard of that? Yeah. <laughs> That old, that old, that old one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, oh, pleasure. I very pleasure. much appreciate it.
that's the show everyone make sure you share like and subscribe and continue to follow this awesome man <laughs> no, i'm sure you'll be seeing him in projects a lot more projects i'm sure yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah <laughs> cool that's the show everyone see you later